Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, we're going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to call this balanced preaching, Richard. Yeah, balanced preaching. That's, that's yeah, the Yeah, I just hope we didn't waste the best part of the show while we were talking I know, before I, the show started. Yeah, I know. Yo. And, and it's balanced because we have to have that balance. Again, a lot of people think this, and I said this, I said it in messages, how before we get saved, born again, before we reconcile to God, redeemed, restored, we have this uh, presumption of how God is. And cause, or how Christians should be once they get saved. Right, right, right. We just have in our mind, we, we assume this is how it is. And most of what we assumed was wrong. And again, we, we assume, and we talk about on this broadcast, before we got saved, we assume no more fun, and it's all bound to serious business of not having fun. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, all Christians got to be sad. Right, right, right. right. That's the, and that's the image that has been, uh, I'm going to say, uh, programmed into us, that all Christians are sad, you can't have no fun, it's pretty much over with. You know, and, I, I have people all the time, I'm sure you do too, say to me, boy, you're not like any pastor I know. Hear it all the time. And right. I say, what do you mean? They say, you seem to laugh and have fun. I said, well, right. <laughs> I thought that's what you're supposed to do. Right, right, right. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he said, I'll send you out with joy. But again, anyway, back to balanced preaching and teaching. Because, again, we have this uh, assumption that Christians are supposed to be this way. And, and I just think about it in the natural. If you never experience something and you know you're, you're heading somewhere, your mind will always give you an image of what that experience might be. Sort of like fear. Fear, an acronym for fear is false expectations appearing real. So you just, your mind then conjured up what the experience is going to be. Then you experience, you're like, wow, that ain't what I thought it was going to be after all. And again, and I'm going to say that with me, we get born again. I thought that growing up, because that what was programmed into me, the Christian life, or a life with God, it's just it's over. It's done. It's going to be straight boring. And I'll do that when I'm old and all used up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, I'll put that on my bucket list when I'm about 80 <laughs> and all used up. Then I'll, I'm I'll actually, start going to church. I've actually had people say to me, you know, one of these days when I am older and, and I've had all the fun that I want to have, I'll become a Christian. I'll, I'll go out to pastor at the church. I'll go out to, but but that's, that's, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. But because... Uh, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And again, back to balance preaching. We, the Bible talks about be holy for I'm holy. So yes, we're going to be, have compassion for people. We're going to do the things that please God when it concerning relationships with others. Scripture says, all in all that it has to do with you, live peaceable with all men. He talks about, you know, respecting uh, government officials and all that. And that's all good. I, and again, back to balanced preaching. But I, I'm, I'm teaching a series of sermons about uh, the supernatural church, 
the faith of Jesus. Because again, Jesus was our role model. He's our, he's the sample son. And he declared himself to be the son of man. And he came back to restore us from what Adam messed up. So that was part of what he came to do. But if we just study the life of Jesus and see how he got down, how he lived his life, that's, that's the scripture says, follow Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Scripture tells us to, uh, to be, just follow Christ. Let him be our example. So if that's the case, yes, he forgave people. We know the woman uh, caught in the midst of adultery. He gave him, yes, he, he did a lot of stuff like that. But also he did some supernatural stuff. And that's what the church is not teaching or preaching. They have a form of godliness, but do not understand right, right. the power thereof. So, so you're off balance. If you're just talking about this holiness and nothing wrong with that, and I call it goody-goody two-shoe, and then it's just being holy. And there's nothing wrong with being holy because you got to have that. You got to have Be that. Be holy as I am holy. Right, you got to have that because that's a command. That's what God says. But now what about the other part where he says go and demonstrate? The power. Well, you know, we were talking about this before the show came on the air. Right. And it's how are you holy? See, when people read, be holy as I am holy, what they see in their mind is don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, don't go to the movies, follow the Ten Commandments, follow the Mosaic Law. No, the way that you are holy is, as Paul says in Galatians, he says to them, as he's talking about the the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the sinful nature. He says, so I say to you, live by the spirit. He does not say, so I say to you, live by the 10 commandments. He does Mm -hmm. not say, so I say to you, live by the Mosaic law. He says, so I say to you, live by the spirit. The spirit will never lead us into sin. And so we will be holy because we live by the spirit. And I think is exactly what you're talking about. It's through the spirit that we're able to do supernatural things. Right. We and, can't do supernatural things on our own. Right. And again, Jesus lived by the spirit. He's right. our role model. He's the sample son. He's our an example. See, you can't do anything supernatural through Vince Haney. No. It's only through the power of the spirit. Right. And that spirit, it says in Romans 8, 11, it dwells inside of me. And it gives life to my mortal body through his spirit that dwells in me. All of the scriptures and we go through them a lot on this broadcast in the new testament christ in us the hope of glory greater is he that sent us and he that's in the world jesus said it's not me it's the father in me he does the work well, see that's why what, what so, he says in romans he says don't you know that you're the temple of god and the holy spirit dwells in you dwells in you well and back to uh it's not me it's the father in me he does the work he does the work for me being holy as well and he does the work right. for me doing it's the supernatural Supernatural, yeah. It's he's the spirit always that keeps us holy, right? Because he'll never lead us into sin. And it's the spirit that creates the miracle signs and wonders. God works in and through us. So that's what I'm saying. With that balance preaching, you you're gonna you're gonna teach on both of them. You're not just gonna be lopsided. Just talk about one, but then what about this? Because that was exciting, and I know it was exciting doing the things that Jesus told them to do. Because remember those other guys. Try to do it in in the spirit. The demonic <laughs> spirit says, "Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Vince Haney, I know. Richard Hoyt Jr., I know. But but who are you? Yeah, I never heard of you guys. <laughs> yeah, but we see they saw what the disciples doing was. Wow, man. Hey, man. We want to do that. We can make some money. Yeah, <laughs> but but see, and not like I say, the Christian life is not boring, especially because God's not boring, and He wouldn't. Uh, 
invite you to a, an abundant life if it was all boring and, and nothing to do and then you want to come in when you're all used up. No, he says, come now. I, I try to encourage young people to come into the knowledge of the truth early as possible because now you can start, because you're born again, so now you can start being transformed by the renewing your mind early. Well, so by the time you get our age, Richard, you're grounded and rooted. Plus, plus. We're, we're having a love affair, and I, I know it sounds strange to some men to say, but we're, we have a love affair with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So why we're do we want to him. wait, right? right? So, I mean, it'd be like a guy comes up to you and says, man, I just met the most beautiful woman. She's, I think she's going to be perfect for me. And he says, and I'm going to wait till someday when I'm old, just before I die, and then I'm going to ask her out on a date. No, you, you would say that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Right, right. I right. mean, that's what a lot of people don't understand. What Christians have more than anything else is God himself. Mm-hmm. That's what we have. And, and I was listening to a pastor today, and I, and I listened to a lot of teachings, and he was just saying, you know, how Christianity is not a religion. And it is the only faith that reveals to you God comes to live inside of you. No other religion, no religion offers that or declares that. This is the only true faith. That's why I say we serve and we're in relationship with you. One and only true God. Because well, see, they all, they're all trying to appease God. Right. There's certain things you have to do to make God happy. Right. And, and the Christianity says you can't do anything to can't make God it. happy. And I had a scripture here in 1 Corinthians, and, and I'm going to refer to two of them. One Paul declared, but it's actually uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 17. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And and that's what I want to talk about. The power of God works in us and through us, especially as we increase in the knowledge of the Lord's will. It says over in 1 Peter that we're partakers of his divine nature. Jesus demonstrated how we were, he was partaking of God's divine nature. And then he goes to tell us, okay, as I am, so are you. Now that you guys are born again, you're now partakers of God's divine nature. So now you got to ask yourself, what's God's nature? Not only is it, he didn't call it a plain nature, he called it a divine nature. And he says, we're partakers of that. We, that's what we inherited when we got saved. So now, now go out now that we have that and we're increasing in that knowledge, now we're to go out and demonstrate that. I was talking uh, the other day at Sunday services. I say, now, if every Christian just in, in Chico had, was acting like Jesus act or walked or lived like Jesus walked, 100%, because that's what God's desire is, would this city be different? And everybody smiled and said, yes, it would. If everybody... And, and again, that's what God expects because he said, called us the body of Christ. And he says Jesus is the head of that and body. he says that we're to be conformed to the likeness of there Christ. There it is right there. For it. And, and see, and that's what I'm getting to right there. So, and yes, Jesus did good stuff, good works, but he also did the supernatural. And again, the Bible says, how can they believe unless they hear? How can they hear without a preacher? If the leadership, the preachers, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, if they're not teaching the people this, because that's their job, that's our job, Richard, to equip the saints. So if we're not equipping them with this revelation about the supernatural, they'll think, oh, we just got to be nice till we get to heaven. Yeah, we'll just be good, because I know Jesus <laughs> is loving. I'll right, loving right, right. Jesus, and I'll be a no, good guy. No, we got to, 
I like what my pastor, Pastor Winston, said. He said, we shouldn't have this much word and revelation without any demonstration. We got so much revelation and we got so many Christian books, but now we need to start demonstrating this thing because that's what Jesus commanded his 12 to do. And he told them, he gave them a test run, remember? Put two of y'all together, now go out and do this and do that, heal the sick, blah, blah, blah. And they come back. And they came back. They, they came, hey, Richard, they didn't come back sad, like, wow. No, they came back happy, like, hey, Jesus, man, we did this and we did that and we did the other. And he's like, yeah, I know. That's the way you're, that's what, that was God's original intent for mankind. So he's still telling us to do that today. But how can we believe unless we hear about that? So fate comes by hearing, now, hearing God's and word. And I want to say again, because we're not beating anyone up. Mm -mm. What we're trying to do is ignite your, your faith, faith on fire. fire. That's right? what it's don't, about. We don't want you to go, man, oh, man, I failed again. Oh, now I got to do I'm this. I'm doing as good as I should have been doing. No, we want people to realize who they are. I go back. I say it again. As Paul wrote to Timothy, people have a form of godliness, but they don't understand the power thereof. We, we have a form. We're trying to be good. We're trying to be nice. We're trying to be right. We're trying to do the right thing. But we don't understand the power that God has given us to pray for people who are sick, to pray for people that are hurt, to pray for the world. We don't understand the power that God has given to us. Paul preaches so long that Tychicus falls out of the window and dies. Now, I have never preached that long, you know, but he, fall, he falls asleep. Falls out of the window. Paul lays on him, and the young man comes back to life. That's, that's what I'm the talking power about. Power of the Holy Spirit, and that's, that that's what the I'm talking about. Power of Paul, right? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, and we got to start. I heard it said, and well, people say, say though, Vince, I don't want to interrupt you, but people will say that was for then. I know. I hear them all that's the time. Not for now. I hear them, but, that was for then. And I got a word for them in Hebrews, uh, twelve, thirteen, thirteen, eight. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, yeah, but d that was just yeah, for no, then, no, Vince. No, no. That was, you know, that's well, not Well, God's now. the same yesterday. He, he, he don't do he, miracles he don't like that now. Well, yes, he, what, he, he ran out of miracle working power? This word, here's the, what I know about the word of God. It's forever living. It, it, scripture said it endures forever. How long is forever? If, if he gave it to us in his word, this is the, 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 the manufacturer's handbook. you trying to say handbook. he's the same yesterday, today, and forever? I'm saying this is the manufacturer's handbook. I'm reading it, and he says... Those who believe in me and the works that I do, shall they do also, and greater works shall they say. Dude, that's John chapter 14, verse 12, I believe. So, again, now you got to receive that. You can't use intellect. That's why Paul said this, and I'm going to refer to the scripture. He said this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit. Remember we talk about, yeah, he demonstrated what the spirit can do. Or the spirit demonstrated with him what he can do. Demonstration of the spirit and a power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Again, we have to demonstrate what God desires us to demonstrate. Because that's what's going to lead all people to him. And like, we're not doing this, you know, to make money to put on a sideshow. We're doing it to win people. Again, I tell people all the time. One miracle is worth a thousand sermons. You get one miracle in your life, you'll beat that church door down trying to get up in there. Well, actually, that's how I came in. One miracle. I was like Paul on my Damascus road. One miracle. And I wasn't even saved. 
But God said he in his word. You weren't he, even looking for one. No, no, but but he told me, he revealed to me later that he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. Right. He knew the plans that I had for me. So he's going he knew in the fullness of time he was going to demonstrate a miracle for me that was going to and the scripture says the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. So when we start demonstrating walking in the spirit like we're supposed to be, like God desires us to, we, we're going to lead people to repentance. They're going to say, wow, man, that, those church folk, man, they really got it going on, man. They're the, they're the, the, the rich and not the poor, the health, the healed and not the sick. So what, unfortunately, what they see is us fighting with each other about stuff that makes no difference, and they say, well, I don't want none of that. That's not a demonstration of the spirit. That, that, mean, that, it, that's that's uh, wolves coming in sheep's right. clothes. But, I mean, you know, they see church people arguing over all kinds of stuff that doesn't matter at all, and they're like, I don't need any part but of see, that. See, and you know what? That's why... We're the, I believe we're the harvesting generation. This generation, we're the ones that's going to bring in this, this massive harvest. So we got to get it right, and we got to demonstrate the spirit. We got to walk by faith. And remember the scripture says, the just shall live by faith. We got to do this because, you know, we've been hearing for years, oh, he's coming back. You know what? He said also he wasn't coming back for a church that was full of wrinkles and blemishes either. That means we got to get some act right. We got to start demonstrating this thing before he even come back. He ain't coming back. Remember, Romans 8, the whole earth is waiting on us. It's still waiting on us. So we need to stop bickering and fighting with one another and unify and be in agreement with the word and start demonstrating and teaching people that us who are shepherds, we need to start teaching people that it's called balanced preaching. Yes, teach them this. But, hey, say introduce them to the supernatural because that's what Jesus did. He taught people how to live holy, but he taught them how to, to multiply some food, too. He taught them how to uh, open some blind eyes, uh, heal some lame. He told them how, and he went so far as to show them how to raise some dead folk. Jesus wasn't no punk, man. He was giving it up. I'm saying, but he's the sample son. He did that to show us, hey, you can do this, too. Remember? And when the disciples didn't do it, and I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, when they do it, didn't do it, he, he rebuked them. Oh, ye of little faith, why did you die? How long am I be with you? You guys, come on, guys, get it right, man. I'm showing you, man. You're right here with me, and I'm showing you how to do this. But Peter, oh, Peter, Peter finally caught on because he seen Jesus up walking on the water, the supernatural. He saw Jesus walking on the water, and he hanging out with Jesus for, you no know, three years. That probably was two and a half years at that time. But he said, Jesus, everybody else said it was a ghost. Peter said, no, I know my Lord and Savior. I know that's him. I know that's silhouette anywhere. And he said, Jesus, that's you walking on the water? I can see Peter now <laughs> in the boat and everybody, Richard. And Jesus said, yeah, it's me, Pete. <laughs> it's your boy, Pete. Come on over. And Peter said, well, Lord, bid me to come out there. And Jesus said, no, nah, Peter, I don't want you to experience this. Stay in the boat. No, he said, come. You see, he told him, come, experience this. This is the way you were made, Peter. And you know those boat folk, man, those doubters in the boat was like, Peter, don't do it, man. It's a ghost. They said it was a ghost. Peter got out of the boat, and guess what? Peter started just taking the scroll on the water just like Jesus was. And then, you know, with all that distraction for the boat folk, they probably was like, Peter. <laughs> they probably was like, Peter. And then the scripture says, when he looked at the circumstances. Right, he saw, hey, I can't do this. No, 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 no. He looked at the he, he Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. He didn't start relying on his senses now. Right, his senses told him, like, man, I can't do this. You know what? That sin nature that fallen man, his senses told him, this is not logical. 
This is not logical. And he started thinking about, you know how Satan bombards you with all these thoughts? And they're mostly negative, and it's about what you can't do. That's what he started looking at. And then our own our own human nature. Right, right. Well, that, up till that point, he couldn't walk on. Right, well, well, we're going to call that fallen nature, because that's what happened when, when Adam sinned in the garden. Adam could walk on water, too. Yeah, he's made in the image of God. But after sin, remember, God told Adam, the day you eat of this, you should surely die. Now, Adam didn't eat the fruit and fall out and die. He died spiritually. Jesus is known as the last Adam. He came to redeem man and restore him. That's why he was saying, hey, look at all the stuff I'm doing. Because Jesus didn't have no human father. So he wasn't, he didn't have no sin in him. He was immaculate conception. Yes, his mama, and she was a virgin. And that's why, because God gave man dominion over the earth. So Jesus had, and Jesus referred to himself as the son of man. So he, the son of man did all those things that the first Adam was supposed to do. But Adam lost all that. Jesus came back to restore us. And then he was, he was giving us an example how to do that. So Peter says, yeah, Lord, come on. Jesus said, come on. Peter gets on the water and he does his thing. He walks and again starts looking at the circumstances. And that old mindset kicked in, bam, and boom. And, in, and he, scripture say, didn't say he sank. Because usually if you get on some water, Richard, you don't begin to sink. You sink. The scriptures say he began to sink. Began is a process. No, you, I ain't never began to sink. You either get in some water and things sink. So, but we know what Jesus did too. He still lifted them up. Because that's, well, that's I, a good Lord and I, Savior. Well, see, I always say that Peter at that point gives the shortest, most heartfelt prayer in the whole entire Bible. Lord, help me. He wasn't, he didn't start off. With big flowery thing. Oh, Lord, you're the greatest. Oh, Lord of heaven and all this. It's Lord, help me. <laughs> he and gets the, right and, down to the meat And the of Lord, the help him. But, but see, Peter demonstrated the supernatural. He got out of the boat of doubt and unbelief. And, and again, God wants us to believe. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. That's back to the supernatural. When Jesus started his earthly ministry, he started off by saying, repent the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. But see, well, this goes back to what we initially started with, though, see, because we're too worried about being good all the time. Right. We think you the can't, important thing is to be good all the time. And that's the why Paul had to, to re, right. Paul had to remind us, too, there is no condemnation for those in Christ. As a believer, you got to constantly meditate on that because the enemy wants to keep you condemned. You know what condemnation does? Destroys your faith. So you can't be focused on what you did last week. You got to focus on the, the complete works at Calvary. That's when you can stay in faith and keep doing what God's called you to do. Because we're all going to miss the mark. We're going to fall short. But the scripture says, run with endurance the race that's set before you, looking unto Jesus as the author and finisher of your faith. So I got to keep looking unto the word of God. And Jesus is the living word of God as the author and finisher of my faith. And if he tell me ain't no condemnation, if he's telling me, you know, he ain't coming to the world to to condemn it, but to save it. Hey, that's why I'm at. So he God says, is for you who can be against you. Those who put their trust in him shall never be put to shame. See, now, those are things you got to think on and meditate on. You can't meditate on do circumstances. Not, yeah. Thou shalt not steal. You can't do that. Thou you can't do that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, the Mosaic law and the law of sin nature, the one Adam brought in. So we're set. Remember, whom the son set free. It's free indeed. So we're free to do what God originally called his man to do. Well, see, I say all the time, 
people want to go back to the law. That's why Paul has to say to, I think it's Galatians, he says, why do you want, after having started with the Spirit, why do you want to go back to the law? Here's Colossians. Well, why, do you, why do you want to go back to the law? Well, people do the same thing today. They know they couldn't be saved on their own. They know they were saved by grace through faith, but as soon as they're saved by grace through faith, they want to go back to the law. They want to start well, trying well, to follow the Ten well, Commandments. And here's an interesting thing, and I taught this in a midweek Bible study. The law was only given to the children of Israel, the Jewish people, which when they found out that Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles or non-Jewish people, they was trying to get them to observe this law. Right. Gentiles wasn't even studying no law. They were like, law, what, what's the law? So, again, and I just. Paul says to Peter, "Why we couldn't follow this. Now you want to put this right. joke on somebody so, else. And I just think about, Richard, as you were saying that this law, even from way back then, we're still trying to do it now. Right. Well, hey, we are. Yeah, yeah, we're but, still preaching this. How many Christians, though? Saved by grace, Gen now want to try to follow the Ten Commandments. Gentiles, Gentiles. But I mean, now they want to be good. Right. You couldn't be saved by doing good. You can't stay saved. By, you. It's about grace through faith. That's why Paul says over and over, so I say to you, live by the Spirit. Now, I say that we like to live by the rules because it's easier. Because who makes the rules? Man. Mm -hmm. So we make the rules, and then we, and it's easier to follow the rules than it is to live by the Spirit. Because... I can boil the, the rules down to 10 things and convince myself pretty easy that I'm pretty good at following them. But to live by the Spirit takes work. To live by the Spirit actually takes effort you know because what? now I have to listen to the Spirit rather than to myself. And I'm going to say I'm going to have to beg to differ on to just 10 and get away with them because if you were under the law... Now, there was 10. Oh, there's oh, lots. That's what I'm saying. There was 10. I call them the big 10. Well, there was, there was the 10 categories. Now, under those 10 was a whole oh, bunch more. Oh, man. They and and that's why they couldn't they keep them because it was so you many. You couldn't even keep the 10. Right. That's, that's <laughs> known the sub man, ones that was I each. mean, man couldn't even keep the mm. 10. I tell people this all the time. I know people, they think they kept the Ten Commandments. I no. say, if you look at the Ten Commandments closely and what they actually mean, thou shalt have no other gods before me. So before you got saved, guess what? You had other gods before God. Now, right. you may not want to admit it, but you did. Sure, why are you saved? You're you still, you still got your allegiance to other things. I know a lot of Christians, there. their allegiance is to their sports teams. Thou shalt not lie. You never mm -hmm. told a fib to your parents? Mm -hmm. You never told your parents you'd done your homework when you didn't? You never told your parents that you were going somewhere when you went somewhere else? Mm -hmm. But uh, back to the supernatural. So, again, I just want to encourage people and believers you know, well, we're going to talk about this more tomorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to keep talking about this. Walking in the supernatural, the supernatural church, the culture of the kingdom is supernatural. And, again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you continue to go through this week, keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.